0: Father, we thank you for allowing us in your presence again this evening. Lord, tonight I would like to speak to your people and to Lord with your confirmation. I pray you'll give it to them about your stone of testimony, the stone of testimony of of God's scientific power. Lord, there was a statement that you made that people do not seem to grasp, that was a marvelous statement indeed. And Lord, I'd like to review that with your people this evening, Lord, that they might understand your truth, which is marvelous. This is an important message to those who will receive it. Lord, we have heard your marvelous statement when you were coming into the city in Jerusalem during the week of Passover in the first morning. Lord, you said there... When the people, you're asking them, asking you to tell them not to say the son of the king of David has come, which means that you're the king. And Lord, it your statement in Luke nineteen forty is recorded as this. It says, but he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, these people should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. There's a lot of knowledge hidden in that one statement of your power. And John the Baptist in Matthew 3, when he was talking to the people, it's very interesting what he said. I'm going to start reading in Matthew 3 at verse 7. Read a few verses. It says, But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to the baptism, he said to them, Brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children To Abraham, from these stones, from these stones, children from these stones. Remember that, please. And even now uh, the axe is laid to the root of the tree. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who has come after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. That's really important for us to understand that he, God, he's testifying, God can raise up children from stones. And as I said in Luke nineteen forty, he said, but he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. We We do not... give credit to the power of God we do not take into account his authority over all particles and things we do not seem to care that we do not credit God with that authority and power and I believe as we talk a little bit more tonight we'll begin to understand I'd like to confirm what John the Baptist was saying from your words Lord and uh, John eight forty two to 47, it says, If God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and come from God, nor have I come of myself. He, he says, I proceeded, proceeded forth and came from God. For I have come of myself, but he sent me. He says, nor have I come of myself, but he sent me. Or he just came with the authority of God to make known his words as is promised in Deuteronomy 18, 18 and 19. Excuse me. That's very important for us to understand. He says, but why do you not understand my speech because you are not able to listen to my word? You are of your father, the devil, just like John the Baptist was saying, you bird of vipers. And desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him, when he speaks a lie, he speaks from his he, he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. He does not speak in the words of God or authority of God. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Which one of you convicts me of sin? And if I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore you do not hear because you are not of God. You are their father, the devil, is what he said earlier. That's very important for us to understand, and we'll get to that in a moment. I'd like to go and read one more text, actually two more texts. First, the next one is John 10, 34 to 39, 38. It says, for Jesus answered them, is it not, <clears throat> well, let's read 33. It says, the Jews answered him, saying, for a good work we do not stone you, but for blasphemy. And because you're being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, is it not written for your law, I said, you are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken, do you say of him, whom the Father sanctified and set into the world. Sanctified is being set apart by the words of God. John seventeen seventeen, 17. Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19. Sanctified and sent into the world. You are blaspheming because I said I am the Son of God. If I do not do the works of my Father, do not believe me. But if I do, <clears throat> though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me as I in him. You know, if you cannot see or hear in this day what he said with the sign of Jonah is that uh, it would come speaking the words of God, which is what Jonah was sent to the city of Nineveh. It says he spoke the word of God, the word God gave him. And this is what the words are in the Bible, the words of God, the power. And that's why when those words are spoken, it gave authority for the spirit to move to cause these people to see their sin because he walked through the city. And the walking... On the streets, is you're you're going forth with your feet, with the anointing of God, and you're stirring up that ground so that the ground speaks the word. Grasp that. Think about that a lot because you can do that work, and enable that word of God to be moved like it did in the men of Nineveh. He didn't have to speak. He called out the word of God. You know, he wasn't insulting anybody. wasn't uh, These people were horrifically evil. They'd done much damage to his families and everybody else in the, in the country. It cut off heads and stacked them in the gates of the cities. they taken taken skinned men and tied their skin to the, the doors. You know, and, uh, like Trump right now, he's saying that we need to treat these evil ones with the same evil that they treated us due to torture and the rest of it. That is not God's answers. God's answer is you take the word to them in power and it'll cause them to repent like Nineveh, which was the worst of all people. ISIS is terrible, but if you want to get ISIS to repent, take the words of God to them with the authority of God. You don't even know the words now. You need to learn the words and go for them. I'd like to talk a little bit now about the power of God in the word. And the text that I'd like to read from first is in Ecclesiastes eight to 4 Actually, I'll go a little bit further than that couple more verses. It says in Ecclesiastes 8.1, who is like a wise man? Who, who knows the interpretation of a thing? You know, who knows the interpretation of a stone? A stone, he says, can speak. So how does that happen? How do you think a stone speaks? That's a wise man who understands those things. A man, wisdom makes his face shine and the sternness of his face is changed. God is about to loose the knowledge of truth on the world, and those elect who set themselves apart by his word are going to shine like it says in um, Daniel 12, 2 and 3. They're going to, some are going to shine like ferment forever. Some are going to shine like stars forever. People need to understand this carefully. Remember that the heavens is made like a cast-iron um, mirror. That's a stone, a rock, cast-iron rock. So it's a rock, and there's a reason for it. It has the words of God in it. People don't want to believe there's hardened walls likened to a pyramid that has a heavens within it. And I've explained this in the book of Testimony Numbers. That's why you see the masons mock it with their 13-layered thing. 13 is your choice of love, by the way. That's why Satan gets away with that. And the judgment seat of God is at the top of the capstone, just underneath the top of the pyramid. That's the capstone. In the throne of God, the holy throne of God, is just above the firmament, as it says in Ezekiel one. But underneath that is the judgment throne that He's now sitting at with the Lord, and has been sitting there since two thousand three, when the words of God were opened, because that started the judgment, as, according to Revelation six one, and also Hosea six five, Zachariah thirteen, uh, excuse me fourteen, uh, seven, and so on. So we know that that is the way it is. We are going to shine as we become refined and put on the righteous acts of saints, which is the fine linen, and the fine linen shines. It's like putting on a garment of light because what is fine linen? It's a marriage ceremony. How do you become clean? The entrance of your words cleans them. So when, he, when the light comes in and the entrance of his words gives light, you know that that fine linen of Revelation nineteen one to 11 is going to be strands of light. It's going to be a linen, but it's going to shine. And it's going to shine because of the light that's in you. He says that people are going to shine at this time like the firmament forever. But not only their foreheads, their faces are going to shine. Their garments are going to shine. Because they're going to have the full refined word of God in their knowledge. So their flesh will shine as well. Because that's the garment of God. And So it says here, and the sternness of the face is changed. Sternness of the face. You no longer have that anger. You have a desire to harvest the people. God will do the judgment. If they reject the word, the word judges them. And that's sad, but that's going to be their choice. Your job is to speak the word in righteousness. Jonah went and spoke the words of God basically because he committed to do it and he didn't want that to happen. And God uh, was angry with him, as you saw. He gave him a tree to cover him from the hot of the sun because he gave him a hot sun. It was burning his flesh. And then... He gave him a tree, and then he had a worm come and ate the tree because that worm is a warning. This is where your tree is going. See, we are all symbolized in front of God as trees. When Jesus healed that one blind man, he, sees, he says, I see men as trees walking. And then he opened his eyes further, and he saw men as they were. But first he let them see how God sees them. They have branches, all their works and everything else. And so when he was doing with Jonah was he had a worm eat that tree that he provided him. It grew up overnight. See, during the night time is when he gives out and seals his instruction. He warned him of the tree. Jonah had to know the knowledge of what the tree represented. And then the worm ate it up. Why is that true? Because he says that we are going to go into the body of a worm, Job 18 and many places in Mark. The book of Mark, he tells you this. You're going to go into the body of a worm, and be cast out into the pits of prisons of God, where the disease is and everything. But he says he's going to change your feet, he's going to chain your arms, and you're going to rise on the ground. That's a worm. So he's saying here, I say, keep the King's commandments for the sake of your oath to God. If you make an oath to God, better, better get, uh, keep it. What did Jesus say? Hear my words. What did God tell him? Hear the words, hear his voice when he says, hear the voice, it means discern his words, but the people weren't doing that, as I just read to you in John 8. He says, do not be hasty to go from his presence. Do not take your stand for an evil thing, for he does whatever pleases him. When the word of a king is, there is a power. And who may say to him, what are you doing? He who keeps his command will experience nothing harmful. And a wise man's heart discerns both time and judgment. It says, because for every matter there is a time and a judgment Though the misery of man increases greatly. He does not know what uh, what will happen. So who can tell him when it will occur? No one has power over the spirit to retain the spirit. No one has power in the day of death. There is no release from that war. And wickedness will not deliver those who are given to it. In other words, release from that war. You're in a battle against the dominions of Satan constantly. And that's going to happen right up until the last when the Lord casts Satan out into the prison and when he comes back and destroys the Antichrist. So what we're saying is that war is going to go on. But you have the ability to pass through these judgments if you will hear the voice of the Lord and believe in the promises of God. That's in John five twenty four. And not only will you have passed through the judgments, you'll have eternal life, the promise of eternal life. Because as I read to you in John 10, you become like a little god, which is the son of God. Gods don't die. See, God's don't die from eternal life. We have a earthly body that's going to get changed over to a new body. Uh, that's going to happen when God uh, does that for us, and that's in His command. I don't believe that happens at the rapture. I don't. You know, I don't know exactly all these things. But the best I can discern at this time is it doesn't happen at the rapture because I believe we're coming back. He's going to restore the years the locusts have eaten so that we can begin the millennium. But there isn't a point in time of the change from this life, a death to another. And I don't know how long that'll be. Do we live the whole thousand years in the millennium because of a reward or not? Uh, But whatever it is, there is a time when we're going to get the new body that comes from God that only has two chromosomes. That of the male and the female. Why the male? The males prepare the things. I mean, to, to receive and, and do the words, and the females to, uh, prepare the things. Well, even in our body, in our minds, our hearts, we have that uh, in there. That has not to do at all. Homosexuality is an abomination to that. That's like trying to destroy the one side and only take, take you know, take, that's like Satan trying to tell you, only do the male side, Don't don't do the preparation side. Now you have to prepare your way. If, if you're thinking about being in an army, that, that the enemy is coming against you, you have to prepare everything in advance so you don't go out and be foolish. You know, uh, That's the male and female preparation work of the spirit. Now, I, re- I read these things to you this way, and we've taken a little bit of time to read these things, but I wanted to get into some things about the stone. And I wanted to get into the things about science regarding this. What I've tried to do to you for you at this point, not to you, but for you, is show you the scriptures that kind of give you a thought process to think on. Because the thing that we must understand is that God has authority over every single particle. People don't seem to grasp this concept. You know, law of God is, he gives voice. He gives voice. He gives the word. He gives authority over all things. He has a placement for particles. And there are some basic things you can understand that are going to be important to you in these coming times of the refinement and so on. Part of that is, you need to understand that God never changes His ways, Malachi 3.6. So when you look at things in a scientific way, you have to think in that manner. Okay, then what did God do? And when we start to begin to think about that and we follow him and stay in his presence and do not leave that presence. God says, if you turn away from the yoke, don't come back. You cannot get away from the words and get honor from God. If you turn away from the words of God, if you say you start to hear it and it's an abominable to you, your knowledge is not going to increase because you insulted the spirit of grace that God gives. Because Jesus gave his blood on the cross to, so that the temple veil will be torn and we could come into the Father to receive the knowledge of the words by the by the authority of the Lord. That so when we ask of the Father, the Father will answer us by the Spirit. And that Spirit comes with the authority of the Lord. And he continually gives us guidance. That's the fourth Spirit. The Lord Jesus Christ is continually giving us guidance of the way we could go because it's his kingdom that God has granted for him to build. And we are now in the days of his reign. But we're still trying to chase after the reign of the world. And we're chasing after the science of the world. We're going to these colleges and universities. And the science there does not have any power in the reign of the Lord, which is these next seven years. So it's a foolishness in most part to go to these colleges and universities. If you're not willing to go a step further and believe that God's thoughts and his words and his ways are higher than ours. And he's asking us to come up and receive this. Paul said, the words are not lawful for those of the world to hear. For example, let's talk about something in science. Let's say you want to make energy. And you have to think these things out because there's so many ways to make free energy. And they're very, quite simple if you think about them. God provides power from the sun. We see that. We know what thermal power is, these kind of things. Solar power, you can say. But that's not really solar power. That's earthly mentality of solar power, the way we do it these days. But you think about God engraved his law with his finger in stone tablets. You can take a stone or you can take a metal. You can take something like this metal, uh, find and fire, for example. And on that, you can place different kinds of particles. And those particles, listen to me, those particles that you align, if you understand their work in the kingdom of God, will produce a corresponding energy based upon the work that they were given to do, and how they work together in the ways of the seven spirits. Dwell on that. They'll start to see something. When you see that particles react together, for example, I've told you that every particle has a magnetic property. Well, what is that magnetic property? In God's terms. In God's terms, it's the authority to be where they are in a given and appointed time. Because he manages all times. For everything, there's a time and a season. So you have to understand the season, you have to understand the time, and you have to understand the work they're given to do in the way of the seven spirits. And you align those particles in in that manner, and there will be an action between them for the glory of the kingdom of God. So if your mindset is totally trained differently than what we're taught in schools, then you'll begin to understand these things. Salt is a promise. God gives light. The entrance of his words gives light. If you align the particles in accordance to his words, in accordance to his promises and covenants, in accordance to his spirit, you're going to get a result. He says in John 15, 7, that if you follow my ways and you abide in my words, what you desire will be done for you. Do you understand now? Begin to think in those manners, and your whole life will change in the coming time when God has given the authority to speak and do his words. Because he's coming to reign His kingdom. when he's king, his power is in his words. And when we're in the time of the seven years of the Lord's reign, that power is unfolded. That power is available. And as far as your mind can think in alignment with the way of the seven spirits of God, in alignment with truth, therein is what you desire can be done. And things can be accomplished. And it's totally different than it is with making these scientific formulas to make various things and make this piece and that piece. You can do the same result in a way of the words in a much faster way. Remember that God created the whole creation in six days. And he tells us in these days, in Joel 2, for example, when we've set ourselves apart from him, he says here's a here's the thing we are to glorify the god in this time and in Joel two fourteen it says this who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him a grain offering and a drink offering for the lord your god grain is instruction a drink offering is correction and also like water's correction milk is the beginning of the of knowledge water gives correction hot or cold depending on what you're looking for And then what it says is for the Lord your God. In other words, you'll glorify God in the work that will be done. You'll be able to make bread that multiplies. Remember when Jesus made the bread for the 6,000 or 5,000? It was in a basket. And he put the fish and the bread. He broke the fish and the bread put it in a basket. You know, the basket, remember what he did with with, uh, the woven basket when he had Moses and put him on the waters. It's to separate them from the world. So he used a basket to symbolize, Lord, I'm asking you to separate, the, that the words separate from these people. and Let them see your power and authority over your particles. Bread is instruction. Fish is the greatness of the word of God. So he ate the fish, he wanted him to get instruction in the meat of God. He told him, you have to eat my flesh. You have to drink. My, my blood. See, drinking his blood means, to, to this way, is understanding the grace of God that by the Spirit, his blood is in, the life is in the Spirit. The Word is in the Spirit. He said, you can drink my blood. That's what he's talking about. You don't drink blood of people. You drink blood of the Word because the Word made the blood. So you drink the Word of God. Jesus told the disciples in John 4 when they said, is he eaten?" and they said, "He said to them, I have food you know nothing about,' because they did not know his words until after he died on the cross. Even though he'd spoken and done them, they didn't grasp it. And then after the cross, he said when he blew the spirit upon him in John 20 and in Luke 24. Then what he said in Luke 24:44 and 45 after that is, "Here are the words that I spoke while I was with you," and then he was able. After they had the spirit of truth, just like it says in Proverbs one twenty three, if they repent and they um, ask for understanding, he will pour out the spirit upon them, and cause them to know his words. So he opened his words to them in Luke 24.44, that he had spoken to them before, but now he's able to cause them to understand the scriptures because they sought the words and received it. Back in 2002, God enabled me, 2001, I'm sorry, God enabled me to begin to understand the movement of his particles, and I wrote down seven simple scientific laws. Scientific ways. It's, it's, it's God that's doing this. It's the magnetic properties of particles. See, if you understand that these particles work because gold does one thing, silver does one thing, all these particles and metals and everything else has work to do. And then they have a way to do things, and they have a time, appointed times of God. And if we understand those things, we can utilize them to glorify God in the time that God wants to be glorified. He always wants to be glorified, but there is an appointed time. Where he's going to pour out the seven spirits on us so we understand the way of the seven spirits, so that we can do these things in the way of the seven spirits. Remember, coming back to this thing, I'm telling you that the Lord said that you know this stone would be like a Flint. Uh, well, the Lord said it's going to speak. All right, there's a difference between, let me see if I can get to it here. Um, there's a difference in God's wordings that He uses. It makes it kind of interesting. He, he talks about, um, I'm trying to find a word I'm looking for here in my notes. Um, I'm having a little bit of trouble here finding it. Just a second. The verse I'm looking for is in Psalms 114, verse 8. 114, 8. It says, who turned the rock into a pool of water and the flint into a fountain of water. What I'm trying to say to you, there's, there's difference in the stones, difference in rocks, difference in elements. And when you begin to see the correspondence of the Lord, and you look at the things he says with a magnifying glass, <laughs> um, with a hunger, with a thirst, he's saying here the flint is like a fountain of water. Flint is like a fountain of water, and the rock he turned into a pool of water. I remember, he told him to speak to the, water, the rock, and the water would come gushing out. He, he hit the rock. It still came out, but... God was angry about that because he wanted us to understand the word is where the power is. It isn't in the hand of man. See, when he struck it with his own hand, he's basically um giving the authority of the Masonic order. This is what they think. Out of chaos can come light. That's not true. Out of the foundation of peace which is built by the Word of God, it'll come. We should understand there's a, there's a verse that the Lord gives us. Um, it's in First Kings, I think it is, when they're making Solomon's temple. He says this in First Kings 6, 7. He says, And the house, when it was in building, was built of stone made ready at the quarry. And there was neither hammer nor axe nor any tool of iron heard in the house while it was in building. Now, they believe that they used chisels inside the, the, the um, quarry. See, it's possible they did that, or it's possible that they asked of God and it came out. All right, God inside a rock. But the point about this is, is, if you understand what a quarry is, a quarry is a massive amount of rock, and inside that rock, they cut other rock. They cut out the rock. But do you understand what the stone, when he says these stones will cry out? What he's talking about is inside the stock, he could make children. John the Baptist says, from these rocks, these stones, he can make children of God. See, the testimony of that is God put, on the day three, he drew out of the waters. Remember, I told. Uh, if you go to the book of testimony numbers, you have to begin to understand the, the fullness of the design of the creation. There's a thing called the waters. There's a thing called the deep. There's a thing called the abyss and so on. And the outer walls is called the, they're a cube and it's called the outer truth. And the inside that is two balls. And they're they're representative of the womb. And so if you see that, and in the middle of that, God made this hard firmament in the middle of the waters, right underneath the middle. The very middle of the creation is is God's throne. And then underneath that is the firmament which is a pyramid that goes out like almost like a horn that speaks his words in it, because he put his words in it in the fourth day. But in the middle of that firmament, which he built on the second day, on the third day, he put the earth, he drew out of the waters the elements and made the earth, and he took me and showed me that day, he took me back in time to show me that creation day, and I saw the earth form with nothing else out there. There was no dome. There was no stars. There was nothing. There was just the walls of the firmament, which we were standing in. I was in like this gigantic gate uh, doorway, you could call it, in the firmament. There's no gates there, but the, 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 it was a door frame type thing, like a window type thing, massive. And I was looking out on down onto the earth. And the Lord was standing beside me, and he says, you got to believe like a child. But what, what he's saying there is the earth was formed. You brought the particles, and they were all there. And there was more particles filling it, but you can't see them. You just knew they were going by you and into that earth. And the outer edges of the earth was uh, like fire at that time. It just seemed like it was fire, but I could see the earth inside that. And the earth was round, not a ball, but it was round, flat, round. Now I understood that. And in the beginning, I didn't understand it when I saw it, because it was confusing to me because I'm looking for a ball earth. And I thought, well, it must be. It just your mind, because you trained this in schools. That's why I said you have to learn line by line, precept on precept, a little here, a little there. And God has caused that vision to come back to me over and over and over again. I believe it wasn't a vision. I believe he took me there because I was physically standing there, I heard the sounds, I saw the earth being, you could just, it was like a sound going by as you could feel tiny things that you couldn't understand going from the waters into the firmament and into the earth. Because he drew us out of the water and he planted us in the earth. And he makes, that's why he says he owns the the womb. He owns the afterbirth. He owns all that stuff that's in there to support the child and create it. Because he's the creator of the child. He owns us. He created us from the beginning. He never said he gave them to us. We are parents. We bring them forth. But they are owned by God in that womb. And we have no right to abort anything in that womb. Because he owns the womb. You don't have a right to do anything with it. Unless God gives that right give us an instruction to do something. But you must understand it is not murder. It's not these things that you cannot do it the way that people are doing it. You don't have an authority over that. You need to pray to God and get correction. You know, one of the problems that we have at this time is God is, there's scripture in the Bible that tells us that in this day, I think it's in Ezekiel. I can't remember what the scripture right now is. Um, because um, anyway, the, the um, but it says there that they will dash I think it was in Isaiah, I'm sorry. Uh, They will dash the the children upon the stones. And there's a reason for this, is because we will not see the knowledge of the stone. Understand that they created, and Jesus keeps pointing to the stones. He he points that you do not build the wall with the sound of a hammer, because that's a Masonic way. Masonic way is you base it on uh, a foundation of noise. One of the things I was shocked to see recently was uh, that one of the, um, I guess I wasn't shocked to see, it's just a shame, it was almost sad to see, is that Obama had this uh, monkey god, which has the multiple arms like the, the Shima, goddess of um, the God in uh, India and stuff like that, that, that pounds and makes all the sounds and dances and everything. It's a dancing monkey god is what it looks like with multiple arms that that's paganism that is building chaos as the foundation and when you wear it when you put that in your pocket and carry it around that's your work you're doing that's your work you're doing it's like the what they're doing over in france with cern and they have the shiva god there that is denying god's authority you do not make noise like that when you're building the word It's like you don't go out in hatred and stomp your feet and you definitely don't want to kick a stone. And you don't want to throw stones in this time because this is the time to glorify God and let the power of the silent word of God work. This is that day. And we must come to the knowledge that God, it's like in the middle of that stone, God has the charge of every particle in it. It's almost like the earth itself. God has aligned everything in it. He can bring out of that stone anything he desires. That's why I believe if you have a cavern and you're bringing the stones for the the, the temple mount or whatever it is, if it's of God, remember that when they built Herod's temple, they didn't have the knowledge of the words. They've been sealed up for almost 500 years from the time of Daniel. So they've been lost over that time just like they're lost now. And the people don't, they think they got the whole scriptures and everything and they didn't have it. Jesus had to come into the world to make known the words. And he said at this time, he would have to cause the knowledge of truth, the knowledge of his words to be made known. And he says he would send a messenger to make that known because God is coming to be the messenger of the covenant. You know, he said he would send somebody free, just like he said, John the Baptist, he's always done. He never changes his ways. So what he's saying is that, that the Lord is coming and He's given us authority over the particles we can do these things. But understand that everything is done in His way. And in His appointed times, and if the people fail, God will create, just like He can create children out of a rock. People don't understand. God has authority to do anything He desires. He created Adam out of the dust of the earth. But the stone represents the word. He made Peter as that small stone that that scripture, that foundation of truth would go forth. And Peter was the first one talking in Acts. And from there, it's never been put away. The message is there. Understanding of it is not there. But the understanding is now coming. And God wants us to get the words of wisdom so we can interpret these things and understand how to make things, how to do things. And I've heard people talk about it takes billions of years for these particles to align. No, it doesn't. <laughs> God speaks and it's there. I saw it. One day it's there. See, we don't understand the ways of God, the words of God, or the way of the particles. But you have the ability now, especially in this day, when this is the time the sons of God to arise. Sons of God have understanding of what God's ways and works are in his appointed times and understanding. He will pour out his spirit upon you and make you know his words. Make you know his stones. The Lord tells you, don't roll a stone at somebody. In other words, don't send a, a word out against somebody. Don't do it. And this day, don't do it. This isn't the day for that. This is the day for harvest. The whole day of the Lord is the harvest, getting as many as he can out of the earth before they're destroyed. Jonah didn't like going to men and because he hated him. That's why he didn't go. All the damage, destruction, everything they'd done to, these, to the people of Israel, northern tribes, and all people. He was ashamed of them, but God saw a mighty work could be done but to glorify his name, that even those people, as evil as they were, could be saved. And we have people today that God says is more evil than those people ever were. And it's absolutely true. They're destroying everything. They're destroying the food. They're destroying the air. They're destroying everything. You're being killed by everything around you, just steadily dying. And they've taken your law, through the law system of the birth certificate, live birth record and all that, they've taken your soul. You're, you're technically a slave to Egypt. And God, you know, it's, it's marvelous how it is. I think it's Hagar's name was stranger, sojourner, huh? a stranger in the land. And she's from Egypt. And the the Bible's unique in that when, you know, they brought, that handmaid was given to, uh, um, given to her, um, Sarah. Um, And they allowed this to be, and Sarah had Moses, I mean, excuse me, Abraham have a child by her. But her name was Stranger. And while that she was pregnant, after Sarah had arranged this. She then oppressed the lady. It's very interesting that she was a stranger. And then what God says is that he's going to send the people to be strangers in in Egypt. And and it was really come back to this what Sarah did. She set the table. It's almost evil like what uh, Eve did with Adam. She set the table wrong. And... She oppressed this woman. A pre- woman ran away, and the Lord told her that, "Look, there's a child of many nations in 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 you. There's going to be a father of many nations in you." And go back. And then she was sent out with just a small thing, and she had water and a small thing of bread. That was it. And God took care of her in the wilderness and kept His word. Abram knew he was going to keep His word, but it wasn't right what Sarah did to her. But when when it came out, when this all came up and Sarah wanted to kick out Ishmael and, and Hagar, Hagar again, remember, means stranger, they were cast out into the wilderness and they had to depend on God. Isn't it interesting that then the seed of Abraham through Isaac, through Jacob, had to go into, into Egypt and was there for 400 years? And they were strangers in the land and they were cast out at the end, into the wilderness, at the will of God. And they had to depend on God for survival. We are at this time right now, we're going to be cast out because the world is going to destroy the economy, they're going to destroy the food, and we're going to have to know the power and authority of God at this time to bring forth the food from the land because he tells us in Joel 2.32, he's going to give us the bread, the grain, and he's going to give us oil and wine, knowledge, and the plan of God. If we have that, will understand the way to enable the food to come up from the ground because he says he's going to feed us like stall-fed calves. But we're going to be fed through the word of God. We're going to have to have the knowledge of the word so that the work of bringing forth the food is done by the words. Because no man could work. It's a law of God, as he says in John 9, 4, 5. So we're going to need that in this time to understand the words to do enable the work. But we first have to believe there's a science law that controls all the particles and it's tied to... The way of the seven spirits, the way of the the, the laws of God is the particles of the assigned work that He's given to each category of thing to do, and all that is revealed within the names that God has given these things, if we would understand it, and if we would understand the set ways of the seven spirits and the ways of the appointed times of God. And then we're able to grow in wisdom of his science and his power and authority because you're coming to a time that's all you're going to have. If you're going to be refined by God, it means you're going to come into the knowledge of God. And if you come into the knowledge of God, he's going to make us go to school. He's saying you're going to increase in knowledge that's going to school. That's going to a learning class because we haven't got it. We have to get it. And to get it, we have to stir up love and good works with one another, doing the ways of the words to enable these good works to come forth. And it begins with understanding and believing, hearing the word, and believing in God. He told us, hear the voice of the Lord and believe in the promises of God. In other words, believe in what he's already shown us. Anything God has given, he will not take back. So we can understand these things by that process and do it for the glory of the kingdom of God to give glory in the ways of his spirit because he always looks at everything and his words are frontlets to his eyes and his authority and the will of God and the appointed times of God. So we have to think this way and we're not thinking this way. We're thinking for ourselves and our own glory and our own position and our own promotions. None of that's going to work. I thank you for your time. I pray that this is helpful tonight and you'll be able to think on this and meditate on it. And there's a lot of deep thought there If you listen to it And look at what God is saying to his spirit, I mean, In the scriptures I believe his spirit will cause you to know the truth He wants to pour out his spirit upon you And cause you to know his words I praise him Thank you Lord Step into the world of power Loyalty and luck I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse With family